Hi, everybody. You're about to hear a conversation with me and my guest today, who is Olivia Fish. She's a health and empowerment coach. And in this interview, you will learn about her history with Hoffman. Her entire family has done Hoffman, so she's been in that world, in a community, in a family who's all devoted to their growth like this. And you'll also hear about the important role that change plays in her life and how she has listened to her spirit. She leaned into her courage, and as a result, she stopped hiding, continued her own growth, and helped others. I'm so inspired by her story. I'm going to use those four steps in my own life. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome to Love's Everyday Radius, a podcast brought to you by the Hoffman Institute. My name is Sharon Moore, and I'm one of your hosts. And on this podcast, we talk to Hoffman graduates about how their courageous journey inward impacted their personal lives, but also how it impacted their community and the world at large. So tune in and listen in and hear how our graduates' authentic selves, how their love, how their spirits are making a positive impact on our world today. In other words, get to know their love's everyday radius. All right. And my guest today, my friends, is Olivia Fish. Olivia, welcome to the show. Yay. Thank you so much, Sharon, for having me here. I'm so grateful to be on this podcast. I'm so grateful too, for many reasons, one of which you are the sister of a fellow Hoffman teacher named Ian Salvage, who I adore. And I think that's actually an interesting place to start, which is for you, Hoffman has been in your family for many years. Can you speak to that and tell us how that entered your world? Yeah. So Ian's brother, so sorry, Ian's uh, mother and my stepmom went to Hoffman way before any of us did. And she was the first one to go because she was feeling just stuck in her life and knew there was more and found you and ended up going through the process. And after that, it kind of just was a huge wave of all of us going. So, um, or many of us going. So she went and then from there, my sister Katie went and my sister Courtney went and I went and then Ian went. And it was one of those things that was such a great impact on our lives. And then of course, as you know, Ian became a Hoffman coach (laughs) out of it. So it's been helpful to be able to speak the same language about things. I think that part's been really wonderful for those of us who have gone. And even since then, a lot of our community has gone. So our friends of friends and my main crew, pretty much everybody has gone except my husband, but he is going in December. (laughs) And so all of that to say, it's so wonderful to be around a lot of people that have gone through this process because then you have a common language. You're able to then not just have friends and family around you, but you can have people that are really looking to continue to evolve in their life and to continue to grow and challenge you. I think that a lot of times people become just like, oh, you're great, you're great, you're great, you know, (laughs) instead of calling you out on maybe something that you need to change and just questioning and asking good questions around that topic so that 
we can all really just elevate, amplify, and live well. So that's been very helpful. And so when somebody calls you out personally on things that, you know, if they're pushing you to grow or asking you to change, do patterns or reactions come up or how, how do you, how do you hear those kind of conversations? Yeah, I think that those triggers now are, are such, I have such a different response to them than I did before Hoffman. I think before I would get very defensive or turn it around to the other person, you know, um, and make it their problem. And for a lot of my close friends, I expect it. And, and, and even with my relationship with my husband, we expect to be, that's part of it. That's part of the friendship. It's part of the marriage and what we've decided on how we want to be there for each other. So that part is kind of just an understanding at this point. Um, but I think that before it was always very hard, but now I see those triggers as opportunities for growth. That's what they really are. Anytime I feel that little sting of like, oof, that kind of hurt <laughs> or that didn't feel good. You know, I know the, that's like a cue of like, oh, pay attention. Whereas before it was just a reaction. And even though sometimes my first reaction is not the best, I'm not going to lie. It's just that I know it's not that it's not the one that's authentic. So even if I do react, I can take a pause and say, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I was being defensive. Can I backtrack and start again? You know? <laughs> and so that part has um, been really beneficial because we are often triggered by lots of different things in the day. And when you can start to notice those triggers and not think of them as a bad or negative thing, but as an opportunity for growth, it changes everything. It changes the way you look at social media. It changes the way you watch a movie. It changes the way you have hard conversations with your partner or spouse. It changes how you react in parenting. It goes everywhere. <laughs> it changes everything. So that part's been a huge benefit for me. And being surrounded by people who that, com that level of conversation is there and, and can happen if we're both agreeing that we're open to it. And there's sometimes when they're just like, leave me alone, not now. I will, I'll tell you when I'm ready, <laughs> you know? And that's okay, too. That's definitely okay, too. That's a part of it. Yeah, exactly. You, you just spoke to one of the favorite things that I, that I personally love being a graduate of the process is watching myself react to triggers. And of course, sometimes I fail. Sometimes I go right back to the old defensive, like you said, defensive, turn it around, make it about them. But when I do, I notice like, oh, okay, I know this, what's going on. And it's so nice to have the ability to say, okay, you know what? I know what I just did. Can we try that again? There's something so human and so inviting. And then I find that when that does happen, the conversation dips even deeper than it would have initially. Absolutely. Yeah. Being able to not have to be perfect in all of this is really beneficial. <laughs> and being around people that will not make you be perfect and not, and not, they're not setting the bar to perfection. And it allows the other person too to see, oh, she messed up and then we can make it, make it happen this way now. And now that's an opportunity. Oh, I can do that too, right? That's, it's giving them the opportunity to be human too when you can apologize and start again and notice that that first reaction was not what you wanted to actually, you know, communicate, which often, uh, to be honest, my first reaction to things 
are usually not correct. That what I'm realizing, like this usually not the one <laughs> that I want to stick with. And so it's, it's just, okay, have the reaction, you know, and then pause and just check in. Is that true? Is that, is that what you really um, want to say or do? And so being able to do that with these, you know, different areas of my life, like I was talking about has really helped me just feel proud of it's like feeling proud of myself I want to say you know it's just like oh I like the way I show up you know and that helps in you know in relation to this question you asked about you know a lot of my family members have gone a lot of my friends have gone and that has helped us I think really have some good conversations and live well so that's really great speaking of live well <laughs> good good segue huh so everything so so your name is olivia and uh what you do in the world is you empower and uh you help people live lives in um healthy and empowered ways and i use that uh jokingly but also seriously because i think there's something beautiful that you're doing out there but hearing you simultaneously say that you don't feel that pressure to be perfect and knowing the role that you play in the outside world, I find that fascinating. How, how do you navigate that? How do you navigate being such an influential person who impacts so many people and maybe that voice that is, is uh, telling you either to be perfect or allowing you to not be perfect? Yeah. So I would say perfection is still a part of what what uh, one of the one of the Hoffman coaches, Andy Saucerman, was telling me is like her dirty dozen. You know, she calls it like her dirty dozen of patterns that are just going to come up, right? And just to be aware of those, so that you can know when they're coming up and address them, right? So perfection has been one of those patterns in my life that has really kept me from living living my truth and living well, and so. It is something that's always on my mind to make sure that I'm really focusing on my progress and not perfection. Like, how am I progressing? Am I growing as a person? Am I evolving? Am I listening to my intuition? Am I following my roadmap that I need to be on? Am I staying on my path and nobody else's? Or am I getting distracted, right? And so with that, that's been a big focus for me. And I think that a lot of times people, you know, as a coach, people like to put me in this perfection bubble right like oh she's got it all together she's super fit she makes money she's got it all you know there she is happy I understand that but it's not usually helpful for the clients because then they're thinking they need to be do something different and be like that and they need to actually just they're perfect whole and complete just like I'm perfect whole and complete <laughs> as I am and in my growth and so being mindful in, in relation to clients and working with clients, it's just being mindful that they might put me in that like, oh, I'm 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 the hero and they're the victim and I'm going to come and save save them in some way, and I will bring it up if I even feel that dynamic happening. I'm like, you're you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just going to move it, do it a little different, and you're going to tell me how to how how you're going to do that. Like that's what empowerment is. It's not me telling them what to do. It's me helping them and guiding them to listen to their own intuition and their own truth so that they are knowing what to do. And then I'm giving them the support and the accountability there. So, you know, even in, in, in my work, and I'll give you an example just from today, I completely 
I had a client that wanted to sign on with me for a, a three month program and I completely messed up on her contract of what I, I didn't write down anything what we agreed on. I completely messed up and she got the, the contract and she's like, we need to go over this. I don't think I'm comfortable with this anymore. You know, she sent me a text. And in that moment, of course, that first reaction of like, oh, I didn't do it perfect. Right. <laughs> like I messed up. And it was just like this feeling of like, oh, I suck, you know? And then I get to say, oh, wait, 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 hold on. And I just kind of laughed at myself. I'm like, oh, I made a mistake. Like that happens, right? And so it's just realizing the reaction that is happening in that moment. And, you know, that whole thing took me maybe two minutes. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, that would have been like, oh, I would have stayed up all night. I would have been tossing and turning. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I might lose her as a client now. And then I would have made it so much worse when I actually had the conversation with her, right? Like I would have brought that energy to the conversation when I talked to her. So when I spoke to her this morning, I'm like, oh my gosh, I messed up. I'm totally sorry. I was distracted when I wrote your contract. And she's like, oh, no problem, blah, 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 right? And so, but if I would have come with that, oh my, like that angst, it would have, it wouldn't have maybe led to such an easy resolution. And so- I'm real, I realize so much that perfectionism and needing everything to be perfect is actually just a way to self-sabotage. It's a way to hide. It's a way to not show up um, because it's actually impossible to be perfect. And it's a way to manipulate as well and control something. So it, it's, it's really a manipulation. And when I realized that, it, it just reframed it in my mind of, silliness. <laughs> and that's why I end up just laughing at myself now about it. So yes, people will definitely try to put me in that bucket. And at the same time, I kind of allow people to see my humanness and allow people to see that I'm just trying to do my best just like them. And it's not something I'm trying to be like humble about or anything. It's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm actually doing the work always you know, always, 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 it never ends. That's somehow I, how I think about perfection and, and making it so I'm not, you know, thinking I'm above anybody or I'm so special. It's, it's not about that at all. I love that. As, as a Hoffman teacher, you know, I don't know if students are aware of this, but we, as we enter the second half of the week, we're constantly talking about when we go back to life, listen, we're going to make mistakes sometimes, but guess what? I get back up. Guess what? I put myself back on the right road. And just like you said, whereas years ago I would stay up all night, this time, yeah, I had a hiccup. I told myself I suck for one minute, and two minutes later, I laughed it off. Two minutes later, I saw my own humanity. And then three minutes later, I was with my client, and this allowed both of us to be in our own humanity. What a powerful journey you just uh, showed us. Yeah, good summary on that. Exactly. It's it just it's just creating. It's not like to say you're never going to feel not good in that when you're doing the work. It's just it doesn't last so long, <laughs> right? It just doesn't last as long, and that's the hope, right? With all of the work that that Hoffman is doing and the coaching that I provide as well. So I know you were raised in a, a dojo, right, with martial arts in your childhood. I, and then you entered the world of, of health through the body, through physical. 
I know you've told me many times on how that has evolved, but I'd love everybody to hear that because I think this story is fantastic. And in fact, when we spoke, you mentioned it had to do with your experience at Hoffman. So walk us through this journey of being raised in a dojo, starting to enter the world of the helping field through being physical only, and then stepping into what you do now. Yeah, so I grew up in a martial arts studio. My father, Andre Salvage, has been doing this forever, you know, doing martial arts, teaching about personal safety. And I grew up in his studio. I was like doing my homework on the mats while he was teaching. I learned how to make a fist, the proper fist to punch before learning my ABCs. You know, I really did. <laughs> so it, it was just ingrained in me, um, the principles of personal safety and martial arts. That part was, it was a good experience growing up in that space. I actually really enjoyed it. I think that with all of that, I was always interested in health and well-being and being physical. I think the the part I liked most about martial arts was the form. I don't know if you're familiar, but there's always like a form that you practice when you're not in um, fighting somebody else and you practice the movements. And, you know, that led me to be interested in yoga because I was like, oh, it's kind of like martial arts, but you're just doing the form. <laughs> and so I got into a yoga practice and I ended up starting my business in fitness in 2008. And I was really excited just to jump into this world and be a fitness instructor. But this is a around the time I went to Hoffman because I was feeling I was ignoring a lot of things from my childhood that were, it was just time to start to heal. And it was time to look at in a real way. And I didn't, I wasn't excited to go to Hoffman. I'm going to be honest with you, if that's okay. <laughs> I don't know if anybody is. They're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, I should do this, you know? <laughs> I was like, this is probably a good idea. I think that I wanted to just be happy. I remember thinking like, I know it's in me to feel joyous. And it was just surface happiness that I was actually experiencing. It was just very external, like external circumstances would dictate if I'm happy or not. And it wasn't, I, I wasn't able to just cultivate a joy from inside. And that was why I went. I felt very lost in my life at the time. I was starting my, I, you know, I, I think I was, about a year into running my business, maybe one or two years in running my business. And it just felt really lost in a lot of different ways from my relationships, from the how to run a business and what I'm supposed to do here, how to make money. I felt tired. Um, I felt like I just wanted somebody to take care of me. And I was supposed to take care of myself. I was in my mid 20s at the time. And when I went, part of the rules of going to Hoffman is that you can't work out. And so I remember thinking, well, that's, they won't know if I do some push-ups in my room. <laughs> like, and uh, I'll go on a run if I want to or something, you know. But, you know, when I went there, I, I followed the rules and I didn't work out. And that was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made was to follow that. Because I realized very quickly that I was using exercise to solve every single problem in my life. You know, I was sad. I went on a run. Something terrible happened. I went on a run. I lost a client. I went on a run. Like everything. Anytime that I was upset or having, having any emotion but kind of happy, I was using exercise as a way to cope and deal. And 
I gave myself an autoimmune disease, I think, because of that. I ended up getting lichen planus. I had these sores all over my skin, all over my body. And it was coming out literally through my skin. Like I was stressing myself out. I do think that would have led to other diseases because I was so, um, I think my adrenals were, were shot. So with all of that, it was a really great time for me to stop stop running it was like literally it's like stop running <laughs> like you have to stop running like do not go on a run to solve anything except if your body wants to run it's just one part of the whole system here so it was a really wonderful learning experience for me personally obviously it was a huge eye-opening experience and I got to sit with myself in different ways I used to be very uncomfortable with my emotions, anything but like a very small spectrum of emotions. I couldn't really be too happy. I couldn't really be too sad. I had to just be good, like happy enough, you know, and it scared me to feel anything else. And that was a, a really terrifying to feel anything but that small spectrum in the middle. And I felt really held in this space. So I could just fall apart a little bit and, and fall apart a lot. And uh, to be honest, yeah. And just to let myself go and get the support I need. I think, you know, with traditional therapy, you got 50 minutes to like get yourself back together again, to then go to the grocery store, or take care of something or, you know, and I, I always felt very, felt very rushed in that process. It didn't work very well for me. And there was so much, there was a lot of trauma in my life and a lot of disassociation that I needed to take a lot of time with somebody to really dive deep with me and help me understand what was going on and why I was suffering. So I kind of went on a tangent there, but mostly coming back to this overtraining, when I left Hoffman, I ended up changing my business model, so to speak. So instead of just training bodies, I decided I have to train the person, the whole person, not just the body, the whole person. And it moved from a more holistic approach to health where I got to really focus on, yeah, we're going to get you fit, but it's also going to be a place that we can see what else is going on in your life and make sure that we're not, we're not hiding from these other parts of us ourselves and making sure that we're, we're showing up for those other parts of ourselves and tending to them so that we can feel really good because usually it's just a bandaid and it's, it's sadly something that society praises. People thought I was amazing. They're like, Oh my gosh, she can do all these pull-ups. She's got a six pack. She runs out Mount Tam without, without a beat, you know, and, and that is <laughs> terrible. You know, people often will say like, Oh, I was having a hard day. I went on a run. And now I'm like, oof, that's probably not what she needed to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but that's just kind of, you know, especially as women, they're like, Oh, I feel so shitty about myself. Oh, I got to lose weight. Right. It's like the first thing women say about themselves. It's like, anytime they don't feel good, like, Oh, I got to lose weight. I'm like, really? Let's think about this. Right. And so it really provided me with a way that I wanted to really live my own life. And, you know, it was not no coincidence that like three months after Hoffman, all of my sores on my skin went away. 
and it complete i mean i haven't had any um sores since then and it was a big problem for a long time so all of that to say it's something that i now get to integrate into my business and how i approach health and how i see health because i think that you know all of this health empowerment living your best life it all is the same thing in my mind now it doesn't we, we categorize it in this way but it's all the same thing this thing you said caught my attention of no more hiding. What do you mean by that? I can go a lot of different ways with this. <laughs> I think that I was really terrified of my life before. And I was terrified in a couple of ways. I think that I was waiting for somebody else to like fix something. And I didn't know how to take responsibility for how my life was going to unfold. And I ended up spending too much time blaming other people. So part of it is just to like step into that courage, that courageous self to say, oh, I'm going to be a co-creator in my life and no one needs to change but me. And that might sound daunting to some people, but it was actually very freeing for me because there was less for me to do. I think that for a long time, I was like, well, you know, you blame it on your parents or you blame it on friends or that guy who broke your heart or whatever, all the things that your, your, um, your boss or something. And hiding to me is, 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 is not stepping into that courage, that, that strength that, oh, actually I have choice here. It's the hiding is staying in this, in this victim mode of, oh, well, poor me, if only, <laughs> if only this person, or if only there wasn't racism, <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, I can't, I can't wait for there not to be racism. I'm sorry, I have things to do, right? <laughs> and I deserve to be happy, okay? And so that, that part is, is kind of just getting out of that victim mode for me has been such a blessing and it comes into just everything. I want to bring it back to just something more tangible in my life now of even with my husband, I saw myself even three years ago, we had uh my my daughter's four, so she was like, you know, maybe nine months to one years old. It's just like it was a hard time for me. Just like figuring out like, oh, what do I need now? What is it that fills me up? What nourishes me now? And you know, it's more important how I do something than what I'm doing. So if I'm making him dinner, the dinner is always going to be on the table, right? Like that's like what I'm going to do that day, but it's how I do it. I can be all pissed off making dinner. Oh, he's been in Chicago for five days. I've had to take care of everything around here. I'm trying to run a business and do that and this and that, right? Or I can do that and be like, oh, I'm so happy. I get to make him dinner and I'm making dinner and dinner's on the table, right? So it's that it's noticing that, you know, even when my daughter was really young, I saw myself, I'm oh, here I go again. I'm like blaming him for everything. <laughs> like, I'm just kind of pissed off at him for no reason. He actually didn't do anything, you know, and realizing, oh, I have to learn how to do this now with a kid. Okay. And I need to learn how to do this with, you know, a baby and a one-year-old and realize how do I take care of myself now? So I'm not going into victim mode. What do I need to have in place? So that I'm filled up and sourcing my own love and feeling that proud, like proud of myself in my day. 
and not hiding, waiting for somebody else to like come and do something, right? Like swoop me off my feet and make everything better. <laughs> and it, it's that's never going to happen. So it has to come from each of us. All of us have to find that thing for for us as individuals. And not to say we don't get help along the way. We actually have to. That's part of it. But it's that you're not thinking that you're waiting for someone else to to source that for you and finding the strength and the courage to do that. Are these moments where you find yourself blaming, whether it's husband, boss, child, is that your tell sign? Is that the moment where you're like, oh, I need to figure out what's going on with me because this is back? Yeah. Exactly. So like knowing our, our, our tell signs, right? Like what's the cue for me to check myself and just say, okay, hold on, time to readjust. And for me with my husband and the family dynamics here with, you know, a young one, that's definitely one of them where I'm like, oh, hmm, there I go. Let me see. What do I actually need? Because then I can get my needs met. That's what we really all want, right? We want to get our needs met. We have needs. <laughs> Heaven forbid we have needs, you know? <laughs> and so it's, it, I don't, I realize very quickly, I'm not going to get my needs met in the blaming game. I can get it though. I just need to take a pause and see what I actually need. And that ha- is, is a tell sign for me for sure. It's, it's the blaming, is that falling into the, like poor me mode or even um even this kind of like well i i would do it but i can't like that's not available to me somehow for for other people it is but not me and really questioning that a lot of times we actually can do exactly what we want to do and it is available to us so we think it's there's there's restrictions because of time and money but these are usually not the case it's that, again, we're hiding, we're, we're thinking, we have this belief, this pattern that we've carried on that is no longer serving us, that it's time to change that thought because it actually is available. So it is something that I'm always like hawking my, my subconscious. <laughs> like I'm like a hawk, you know, like what's going on today? What needs to be cleaned out? What can I shine a light on so that I can actually get my needs met? And do you find that you bring in clientele who is also working on this, is, is working on not hiding, is working on getting stuck, is working on stepping into the courage, et cetera? Yeah, I do. I think that a lot of women who come to me, they want to feel more confident. I think that's a very common word. They want to feel stronger in their body. A lot of people come to me through the health spot because I I can get people really strong. That's my background. (laughs) And it is empowering to feel like your body is strong. Like that is part of it. It's just as important as being in touch with your spiritual self. It's all important. And so to me it it it's it all matters. And none of it can't be tended to. A lot of times people come to me knowing that one part is missing, right? Like, oh, one thing has to happen. And then they, we do that part, right? And then we get to do more <laughs> and we get to keep going. And so, but a lot of it comes down to feeling like you're ready to do something different. It's just like, I, I know, I don't know. Sometimes people don't know what it is. And some people do when they come to me. Some people are like, I don't know, but I got to, something has to change now, right? 
And some people are very clear that I have to stop drinking so much. I need to make money. I need to get my body back in order. I need to spend time with my kids. I need to stop working so much. I have this project. I'm working it, I'm working here, but I have this vision of greatness that I, I need to do this thing. So whatever it is, a lot of us, our intuitions are not leaving us alone, right? Our, our spiritual self is like slapping us because we haven't listened for so long. And then it's like, okay, it's go time. And then you step in. And then I get to hang out with them. Yeah, and it's so fun. It's, it, it's really fun. And that's the thing that I, I like personal development. I think it's fun. I do. I, I feel like it's, I'm like, oh, I was triggered today. Let me like go figure that out. You know, like I kind of geek out on it. And so it's a way to make it fun for other people too, because it sometimes does feel so heavy. It feels like, oh, it's, it's, you know, even it's called the work, you know, in a lot of modalities, you know, like you got to do the work. And I'm like, ah, I, I don't love that name. It's like, <laughs> it's like, yes, it's work, but it becomes a way of life once you get it down and it can be real fun. It doesn't have to be terrible. It's, it's effort. Yes. But it doesn't have to be this thing where it's so, it's so hard. It's just a different way to look at it. It's a perspective shift of saying, Oh, I, if I'm going to be in this for the long game and do this forever, it's gotta be fun, right? <laughs> Otherwise you're going to quit. <laughs> so I, I do really work with my clients to let's make this fun. Like, yes, you're going to do this, but how can it not be so terrible? Right. And make those effortful things as joyful as possible along the way. Well, let me ask you this. We're getting towards the end of the interview. And, and since we're um, people check out oliviafish.com, it is, it's, I'm so impressed with how you convey who you are and how you immediately see the options and you know being somebody who runs a um a small business as well i know how challenging it is to convey a message in an easy to read and easy to digest format and you have really done that we'll put the links in the show notes but check it out it's really really something special olivia by the way is o l i v e y a h and fish is f i s c h but Olivia, I have a question for you in the topic of your business. What in this journey, being a business owner, being a mom, being an entrepreneur, all of it, what has been one of the greatest surprises in the last 13 years of doing this business? Hmm, man, the greatest surprises. Well, thank you for that, by the way, too. Such great praise. <laughs> I think that the greatest surprises is that I... I actually am changing a lot. And I think that I wasn't really comfortable with that for a long time. <laughs> and I, I think that that's a, that surprises me that I continue to change a lot. And, and I'm interested in, in different things too. And so my business kind of, um, you'll see that in my business. I have a lot of different projects I like to do. And I have a lot of different programs that I offer because I like things to be mixed up. I, I'm changing. And so my programs grow with me as well. <laughs> and I allow that to happen. I think that I thought that I was, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it well. And then it'll just keep running itself. And in business too, I've realized that that's not how it goes. <laughs> it's how we wish it goes, but it never happens that way. Yeah. 
it doesn't work that way. And and I think that even in the success I've had in my business is because I've just allowed it to happen. And I have to say to you, it's not comfortable. Okay. It's not a comfortable thing, change, right? <laughs> and so even if in the pandemic, my business before the pandemic, my business was just chugging along. It was going great. Okay. And you know, the pandemic happened and I'm like, it's, great like my first reaction was like excellent i can hide like literally i wrote that in my journal entry i was like excellent this is fantastic i can i can hang out in my house and i can you know i can just chill for a little bit like i've never done that this will be fun right and you know i'm realizing because i you know have these practices and i'm doing my quad check and i'm checking in with all these parts of myself when i'm honest with myself it was like nope it's go time you're going to help a lot of people right now and do not sit around. You're going to do something that's really uncomfortable. You're going to put yourself out there in different ways. You're going to talk about Black Lives Matter. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do it. It was just like a flood. Just like something. It was just like, no, <laughs> this is what you get to do. And I could have, I could have ignored that. You know, I could have been like, no, I don't want to change. I don't want to do that. I just, I want to sleep in now. You know, I, I want, I wanted to binge on Netflix, you know, and it was a message for me of, of just listening to that of like, nope, you're going to grow and expand. It's not going to be comfortable, but just do one thing at a time and we'll make it fun. And so that was, that was the last, that was the last time this happened. This, that was a big adjustment with my business and the direction it was going and, and how I decided to spend my time. And knowing that it has to change along the way, especially as entrepreneurs, um, that it's going to look a lot different. It's going to continue to change. You're going to continue to make things different. I'm constantly updating my social media and my website and my message because I'm changing and everybody is changing too. It's, it's not just me. It's, it's, it's almost like we're all evolving. We're all doing this thing together. And if you can move in that way with with what your intuition and your highest self is calling you to do, that's how we all get to grow and expand. And if you stay stuck and, oh, it's worked this way for a long time, and now it's always going to be that way, you, you miss it. You miss, the, you miss that, that voice. You miss that, that opportunity for growth in all of these different areas of your life, and, including business. So that's been surprising. And it keeps surprising me, by the way. I'm like, oh, here we go. Oh, I thought, I thought it was good, you know. <laughs> I mean, what I hear is that you have uh, surrendered to spirit, you've honored it and listened to it, you've therefore become dynamic and ever-growing, and this theme that I keep hearing around hiding, you flirt with the idea of like, cool, I'm just going to hide here for a minute, and your spirit doesn't let you. That's, it's not your time to hide. It's your time to lean in. It's your time to speak up. It's your time to make an impact like you heard and like you are doing. It's, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing. That's, that's something. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sharon. Yeah. I think that we all, we all have the opportunity to shine that light bright. And it's not just me. It's, it's every single one of us. We have something. This is just mine, how it looks, <laughs> but we all have this every, it's not a special thing for some, but for some of us, it's actually every single person. And that's what I like to do with people is just draw that out. Like, Ooh, what's your light look like? You know, what does that look like in the day? And, and, and to just really feel like, Oh, cool. I'm, I'm owning my life. I'm living my life by design. And again, not hiding and waiting around for someday. 
because it's exhausting and, and that's what leads to us feeling really disempowered but also brings on the disease and feel the, the the everybody's tired right you hear that everyone's exhausted all the time right like of course you're tired you're not doing what you're supposed to do right and so that part is is i just wanted to re just really reiterate for anybody listening here it's not a special thing Everybody has an intuition. You don't have to meditate for hours, right? You just have to practice listening to it. It's the voice that's saying, stop eating the chips, go on a walk, call that person, right? And we can practice listening to that spirit on low, in low stakes environments, right? When it's not like higher stakes for like, oh, making a big decision for the business or something like that. So I just, yeah, it's really in everybody and it's very accessible. And of course, Hoffman helped me to really step into that in a, in a great way. And I'm, I'm so thankful. I send all my clients there. Sometimes people want to work with me. I'm like, I'm oh, not yet. Go to Hoffman, come back. <laughs> Only after you've graduated from Hoffman. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I mean, cause that's the, that's the person I want to talk to, right? When they're like, okay, I get it. I see it. I see what's happening. How do you integrate now? That integration of like, okay, just keep me accountable. Give me some support so I can keep doing this. That's really my jam. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's beautiful. Wow. Olivia Fish, thank you so much. What an inspiration. What a, uh, you speak of light. What a, what a source of light in our world in this, in this time that we need light. Thank you so much, Sharon, for having me on this podcast. And I have to say, I love my brother because he said, I have to say this on the podcast. I love my brother, Ian Salvage. He is amazing. <laughs> he kind of told me the same thing. Come on, Ian, you can do better than that. Just you don't need to tell us to declare our love for you. He is pretty darn cute. Yeah. Ian, I love you too. I know, I know, but I'll do what I can. He is the best though. So, you know, I don't mind. <laughs> Okay, good. Everyone loves Ian. <laughs> I know it's impossible not to. All right, Olivia, thank you so much for being with us. And everybody, we will be back next week with an interview of another graduate. Hope you enjoyed it. We will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to our podcast. My name is Liza Ingrassi. I'm the CEO and president of Hoffman Institute Foundation. And I'm Raz Ingrassi, Hoffman teacher and founder of the Hoffman Institute Foundation. Our mission is to provide people greater access to the wisdom and power of love. In themselves, in each other, and in the world. To find out more, please go to hoffmaninstitute.org.